שיעור מספר 179, תהילים ותפילה, הרב משה ליכטנשטיין. the interaction or the meeting between Tanakh and Tefillah. And in a sense, it's maybe no less about Tefillah than about Tanakh, or maybe even more so. At the end of the day, Tanakh and Tilim in particular are translated into Avodat Hashem. And as such, not only you know, the abstract knowledge, intellectual knowledge is important, but also uh, the application or how we use Tanakh to express ourselves uh, when we approach the Kadosh Baruch Hu, be it in times of happiness and joy, be it in times of distress and, and illness and tragedy, Chaz um, This session is devoted to the memory of, uh, of Danny Beller. I really can't think of a better example of a person who combined Tefillah and Tanakh and uh, both his knowledge and his personality to uh, really be in Oved Hashem, uh, and Tilim, uh, especially with its uh, with its uh, combination of energy and the ability to say uh, hitpalut, just simply to uh, sense of wonder and amazement at the world. And the, on the one hand, the other hand, the mission to uh, basically go forward into the into the world and. Uh, to do your job and to repeat and to try to improve it and uh, to be Oved Hashem uh, was ex- extremely characteristic of Ravdani. Uh, he was a dynamo of energy and Avodat Hashem. And uh, I think he said Tilim in times of joy and also uh, he said Tilim, many Tilim in times of, of tragedy as well. And uh, even visiting him uh, when he was ill already, was clear that Tehillim and uh, the world of Tefillah and Tanakh were integral to his being and to his personality and uh, I just thought it remains an inspiration for all of us and the Limud should be uh, and the family should uh, have a sense of uplifting from the, from the knowledge that you know, they all remember him but he continues, to, he continues to inspire us as well. So, when I was a uh, 17-year-old, uh, I just finished high school here in Israel, I, uh, I, was, I went to visit the Rav in the summer of 1978, and I just, I was fresh off my Bagrut, and uh, one, one afternoon the Rav said to me, like, you know, how was school, etc., and uh, he asked me, uh, I said, tell me, though, I just finished the Bagrut in Tanakh. So he asked, "What was the curriculum? Like, which which parts of which parts of Tanakh were Mahaya uh, Bachomer, as they say here?" Uh, and uh, so I said to him, "You know, Sefer Dvarim and um, parts of Yeshayahu and Tehillim." To which he immediately asked, "Which Prakim and Tehillim?" So I gave him the list, and I don't remember I don't remember all of it anymore. But I gave him a list. It was scat- assorted Prakim. Uh, Collected from Tilim, one dealt with the Odyssey and one dealt with whatever, and with David Melech's life, and then one dealt with Tshuva. <laughs> After he heard the whole list, he said to me, If I was in charge of Tanakh and Sadachinuch, I would choose the Prakim which we do in Davening. <laughs> because those are the Prakim that at the end of the day we constantly use and that we meet them weekly, daily, uh, monthly. Uh, and he basically thought we should prioritize those prakim over uh, all the others, even though the others are, are important per se. And, uh, and he quotes them occasionally when he has to, but uh, he really felt that the tefillah and, or, the, or the meaning between tehillim and tefillah should be prioritized. So this morning I will try to fulfill his tzavah and to, uh, at least in this, uh, in this forum, to try to uh, address uh, the element of tehillim within tefillah. Now, there are many, many psukim, of course, quoted in tefillah, but there are three major focuses, uh, at least that come to my mind immediately. One is psukei de zimra, now, the prakim we say every morning, and in Shabbat, an expanded version, that we say every morning uh, as parachat shacharit. There is kabbalat shabbat, which is a later part of uh, tefillah, introduced this only in the 16th century, but nevertheless, uh, it is a whole bunch of prakim, and of course, Hallel. So we have these three uh, focuses, 
who try to, there are certain common denominators to all three of them, and uh, we try to focus upon those, and time permitting, we'll try then to analyze uh, some of them uh, in greater detail. I will do it by this, but in this order, Psuket Zimra, Kabbat Shabbat and Halel, not because it's more, not because necessarily I have greater insights into Psuket Zimra, but simply because daily, weekly, monthly, and what's more frequent, uh, so Halachas is called Tadir Kodem, and also simply in terms of the utility of being able to utilize it, so I would like to start with those which are part of the daily tefillot. <clears throat> uh, more general observation, uh, not only why focus upon, if you want, the arrangement between the prakim and less upon individual pasuk, there are hundreds of psukim in this uh, plan, and just under an hour to discuss them, but it's also more than that. Uh, Tilim seems to me to indeed uh, have a... And Tilim has... Uh, the interplay between Prakim, you know, the sequence of the Prakim is important. Even though each one in theory is, is an individual poem, it is not simply a list of sonnets or, uh, or, or poems that happen to be haphazardly arranged together. There often are whole units which uh, are presented as units, and the, in, the connections between the various prakim are, uh, are important. Uh, take one obvious example, Shira Ma'alot is clearly a unit of 15 prakim, and uh, they were said in Surah Beit as a unit, uh, and the same holds true of Sukkot de Zimra, and of Halel, and, uh, and the like. Okay, so let's uh, begin now with an analysis of Sukkot de Zimra, or the, and the basic idea behind it. <coughs> Sukkot Zimra, Prakim, Kuf, Memhei, Thu Kuf Nun, six Prakim and Sefer Tehilim, all of which start with Hallelujah, the first one almost, uh, but all, they all have the same beginning, the same ending, Hallelujah, uh, and the end, the end with the word Hallelujah. What are we attempting to, to achieve with this? So let us, let Chazal speak for a moment. The Gemara Masechet Shabbat says as follows, Amar biyosi yehei chelki im gomre halel bechol yom. I should be amongst those, I should be counted and considered among those who recite halel every day. To which the Gemara retorts, but halel is not said every day, and it is prohibited to say halel every day. Uh, halel can be said only on the appointed times. If a person says halel every day, the Gemara calls it blasphemous because... If every day is special, so no day is special. So you can only uh, you can only have special days when you keep them as such. So therefore, you cannot say Hallel every day. To which the Gemara answers, there are two kinds of Hallel. Hahu psuke dizimra. Now, the are called by the Gemara daily Hallel. There is the special Hallel for special occasions, what we call Hallel. Sukkot Zimra is also Hallel. Now, what does Hallel mean? Uh, or, for a moment, let us now return to Sukkot Zimra. Sukkot Zimra talk about Hallel. Like they all start, Hallelujah, praise God, praise Him. Uh, now, uh, each one has the word Hallel. Hallelujah, 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 I should praise God. I should praise Him uh, with, and so on and so forth. However, um, if we look at Sukkot de Zimra for a moment, and we also compare it with the regular Hallel, we'll immediately notice something else. And here uh, we have to point out two concepts which are central to this whole discussion. One is Hallel, the other is Hoda'a. We, we often put them together. We say in Hanukkah, Hallel to thank and praise your, your great name. And in many other places we talk about Hallel v'hoda'ah. However, they're basically very radically different concepts. <coughs> Hallel means to thank. Excuse me, Hallel means to praise. Hoda'ah, l'hodot, means to thank. What is the difference between them? Hoda'ah, man is at the center. I thank you because you did me a favor. You looked after me. You took care of my needs. You provided for me. When uh, you do that, essentially, what is the motivating factor? What's the pivot? It really is my needs. 
since I have needs and you cater to them and you provide for them, so I'm at the center and I recognize that you took my needs into account, but basically I'm dictating the whole motion. Because I have needs, I'm in distress, and because uh, you want to help me, so you therefore come and help me out. If I didn't have any needs, you would not be doing anything. So essentially, I'm at the center, and you are taking care and looking after me. And that is basically hoda'a. Halel, not thanksgiving, but praise... I can praise for something which I don't have any need. With my praise, I talk about how great you are, I talk about how wonderful you are, and so on and so forth, but not necessarily because I have any needs. I may have no needs at all. I can praise someone, I can praise someone for a wonderful musical uh, piece, even though I don't like music, I've never listened to it, I don't plan to listen to it. Or take another, take another example, I think the reverence used this example, um, a skyscraper is an object of praise. You say, what a wonderful architect, what an amazing engineer. You are impressed by it. You consider it a great work. So you say to yourself, the person who, who, who built this, he's an amazing person. He is, uh, his vision, is, his knowledge, his wisdom are extremely impressive. But I may never use the building. For my needs, I know one-story building, a hut may be good enough. I don't need to, to work on the 86th floor, and I don't need uh, a skyscraper at all. I need simply a plain room uh, for an office, or I need a, a room or two to, to sleep in. It's totally unnecessary, so I'm impressed. Uh, I can stand here now and recognize that the Alps exist. <laughs> or I can think about some uh, a famous bridge or building, so I can praise the creator or the architect of the Havdil, I could say the Alps are really impressive and how great are you? What great wisdom went into creating the Alps of the Himalayas? But my needs for my life it may be totally insignificant. And thanks and the other is the reverse. It may be a very simple building. It may be a hut. It may be a tent. I just thank you for the shelter. In other words, I don't need a shelter in a skyscraper, so I, I can praise a skyscraper and have to thank for it. On the other hand, if I have even a very simple uh, building, which doesn't require any great wisdom, no knowledge, it's not impressive, but if it provides my needs, I have to thank for it. So thanks, or thanksgiving, and praise are very different concepts. And you think about the praise they're not the person uttering the praise at the center. Rather, the person being praised is at the center. It's his knowledge and his wisdom which send to the chain of speech that I'm now praising him and, uh, and glorifying him are, uh, are because of his, his actions, not because of my needs. So there's a big difference who's at the center and, of course, also what are you saying, what are you doing? And every time you come to tefillah, you always have this dual uh, system where you have to ask yourself, is tefillah essentially out to praise God, to speak about his greatness, his glory? Or is tefillah to thank him for looking after me? Or to petition that he should look after me? Let's take a simple example. Um, you have tefillah Monastery the most basic uh, component of tefillah. So the Rambam describes the structure of Shmonasrei, Gimel Rishonot Shevach, the first day of praise, Em Tzayot Bakasha, the middle, the intermediate section is request petitions for our needs, you supplicate that the Kaddish Baruch Hu should provide you with Parnassa, with, uh, with health, uh, with Geula, and, and, and so on. Achronot Hoda'a, Thanksgiving. Let's, for a moment, let's look, let's look at it. We say, Mechayah Meitim. Meitim We're not thanking God for that. None of us is going to be resurrected, and none of us and none of us is saying that he, because Baruch Hu took us from the dead and made us alive again. Rather, we are praising uh, his capabilities. We believe and we state for the record that we believe, Atagibor, you're great 
and you master nature, and you can override nature, you can also team. But we don't thank for having happened. We praise for the capability. On the other hand, when we say in Modim, my that every minute, every second of the day, I can move my fingers, I can open my eyes, I can speak, I can, uh, I can breathe. There indeed I am thanking. So the first three praise, the last three are involved in thanksgiving. And the same question, every time we'll find tefillah, we'll have to ask, which of the two is this? And which to prioritize? Like what is this? What is this focal? What's the focus of Shmonasri? Is it the beginning or the end? Uh, in this case, the answer is probably the middle. And uh, what does that mean? Um, and uh, we also find throughout Filah either arguments or this duality. I'll give two brief examples, and then we'll move on to the Tilim parts. And <clears throat> we say every morning Shachar. And you get, you wake up. And there's a list of brachot you're supposed to recite. Pokech ivri, matir asurim. God opens our eyes. He allows us movement. He provides clothing, shelter, and, and so on. We say a whole list of brachot every morning. When do you say them? There's one opinion, or the Rambam was the opinion, I should really say. You do it in real time. Namely, if, for instance, you wore a belt this morning, you say, Ozei Sobigvura. You didn't wear a belt, uh, so you don't say it. Uh, you heard a you heard a rooster. You say You didn't hear a rooster. Uh, you do not. I once had a cousin from Chicago who came to visit here in the Lonshavut, and he walked into shul. He heard a rooster, and he made the bracha. I said to me, "It's the first time in my life I've ever said Vivina. He was uh, not a bar mitzvah boy. He was well in, um, advanced in his years. Uh, he never said because he never had a rooster in Chicago, and uh, <coughs> so uh, is still roosters at the time, at least, uh, <coughs> and uh, so on and so forth. According to the Rambam, you do not make a bracha unless you actually bumped in or you've actually experienced the phenomenon. The rush, and that's Ashkenazis nowadays. We say the on shul. You go to shul and you rattle off all, all of the brachot. Why? Because this is how the way the world runs. But to put it differently, the Rambam sees as Thanksgiving. So if I needed shoes this morning, I make the bracha. If I didn't need them, I don't make the bracha. If I wore a hat, I make the bracha. I didn't, I don't, and so on. Because I'm thanking. And if I didn't need it, the Rosh thinks I'm praising. If I'm praising, that happens independent whether I needed it. That happens even if... Uh, I know it exists, and therefore you make the bracha every day because this is how the world is run. Okay, and I could, I could stand here and multiply examples with tefillah outside Tanakh. But now let's go back to Tanakh. <coughs> when Chazal came and inserted um, the tefillot or tehillim into Pesukei de Zimra, <coughs> what were they out to achieve? So I quoted before, it's called Halel Shemachol Yom. It's a daily Halel. So now, let's take a look at Hallel for a moment, and we will skip now to the real Hallel. If you look at Hallel and its structure, it's very easy to really divide Hallel. I said for Tilim always has to be viewed at the level of the chapter and, and, and the parak, and not only the individual verse. If you look at Hallel, um, you can easily discern in two major movements. And like often happens in Tilim, there's a frame. Hallel begins, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Avdei Hashem, praise the Kadosh Baruch Hu, all of his servants, meaning all of mankind, basically. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Avdei Hashem. Go for a moment. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Avdei Hashem, Hallelujah, Etshem Hashem, etc., etc. Now, I'm skipping through the rest of the at the moment and going to the end. This unit concludes... Hallelujah, Hashem kol goyim, shabuchu kol omim, right? Praise the Kaddish Baruch Hu, all of the nations. Hallelujah, Hashem kol goyim, shabuchu kol omim, means everyone should praise Him, which is, of course, this is, this is the frame to the beginning. The, the, the caption in the first chapter is, 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, Avdei Hashem, all of God's servants. It means everybody also. Avdei Hashem and Kol Goyim are really one and the same because everyone really is subordinate to Kaddish Baruch Hu. So you say hallelujah, hallelujah, Avdei Hashem. We then have all the in-between <coughs> psukim. We conclude, hallelujah, Kol Goyim. Now, uh, and why? And here's something very interesting. Hallelujah, Kol Goyim, Shabichu Kol Ha'umim. All the goyim, all the nations should praise the Kaddish Why? Ki gavar aleinu chasdo v'met Hashem le'olam. All the goyim should thank the Kaddish Baruch Why? Because he'll damn Israel. Now, if you're a Jew, that's a very nice sentiment. Uh, if you're a goy, why in the world would you want to praise God for helping the Jews? In other words, the, the pasuk is saying here, "Halut Hashem Kol Goyim Shabichu Kol Haumim." Everyone, all the nations, should praise the Kadosh Baruch Hu Ki Gavar Aleinu Chasdo because He's helping Am Yisrael. Assuming uh, Aleinu means Am Yisrael. Now, uh, the Gemara, of course, already asked this question: Like, why what should the Goyim be doing that? So one could give, and I, I will not. Uh, I will not go. I won't fall in this direction. You could claim that the, what's good for Am Yisrael is good for the whole world. Uh, there are such approaches. But to me, it seems much simpler, which is, um, the question here, are we talking about Halel or Hoda'ah? If we talk about Hoda'ah, if we talk about the need to thank God, I have to thank Him for what He did to you, and certainly not on competition with you. In other words, there's no need for God to thank the Kaddish Baruch Hu for what He did to Am Yisrael. We don't expect Goyim to thank God for what he did for the Jews. But to pray, it's like different. Think for a moment, you go to a sporting event, and someone on the opposing team, uh, he does something which is really amazing in terms of, uh, you know, whether he makes a catch, uh, or, um, or he makes some amazing, uh, you know, he, he catches something spectacularly or the like. You may... You may be quite upset that your team is losing now, but you cannot be impressed by his abilities. In other words, uh, it's one thing to who you're rooting for, and you don't have to be happy that the opposing team has such uh, great players, uh, but uh, you do have to respect their abilities uh, and their execution. And the goyim are being told here, see Kosh power, praise him, not being told to thank, being told to praise, Emet Hashem is there, even if you, if you do not necessarily appreciate the Emet, or it's not working in your favor, but the Emet, you know, the capabilities, the power, and, and, and His awesomeness are there on display. Hallelujah. Then the second unit begins. Thank. In other words, we go, Hallelujah, love Hashem, and... Halud Hashem Kol Goyim, and we then proceed to Haldul Hashem Kitov. This is the first pasuk here, and the last pasuk all the way at the end, of course, is also Haldul Hashem Kitov Ki Leolam Chasdo. Meaning, there are really two units here. There's one unit, which is the unit of praise, Hallelujah. There's another unit, which is the unit not of praise, but thanksgiving. And over there, I don't expect the going to uh, thank God for our uh, for what helped us. And then we say something else, right? Then we say, um, All the goyim are attacking me. All the goyim are surrounding me. And I'm going to thank the Kaddosh Baruch Hu. Not tell the goyim to thank the Kaddosh Baruch Hu. Here, I'm going to do the thanksgiving. <coughs> and so therefore, but essentially, we have two units. And now this creates interesting questions in terms of um, the relationship between the units, which is the primary one, which is the secondary one. Just to give, um, give an, an interesting example, uh, at Pesach night, we, uh, we say Halil essentially as Thanksgiving. I don't explain now the halal, to get to a lot of details will uh, be too time consuming. But essentially, you say Hallel as Choda'ah and not as Hallel, as Thanksgiving, not as praise. And we therefore we incorporate into the Lil Seder, because the whole point of the Seder is to relive and to reenact leaving Egypt. And the, the strongest sentiment there is that of Thanksgiving, because you've been rescued. Uh, 
Okay, now, to, uh, if you take Shirat Hayam, on the other hand, Shirat Hayam talks about how God's greatness in basically defeating the Egyptians. It's more Halel, less Hoda'ah. Okay, now let's go back to Pesuket de Zimra. Pesuket de Zimra, let's ask, which is the essential component? Uh, that, oh, excuse me, do we, do we have Pesuket de Zimra the same setup? And the answer, I think, is yes. Pesuket de Zimra, the basic or the, the central unit is from Ashrei through Kol Neshamat Hallelujah. That's Prakim. From 145 to 150, Kufem Hay to Kufnun. That is, uh, that's the essence of Sukkot But we have more than that. We have Mizmor Litoda. We have Hallelujah, Hallelujah, etc. Praise God, praise Him, and so on. And if we take some of those Psukim, for instance, uh, I'll read one or two Psukim. Um, Hallelujah, hallelujah, nafshet Hashem, I will praise God. And then we have, hallelujah, Hashem, mina shamayim, the heavens should praise God, and uh, and so on. Mizmor litoda, though, means, let's thank Him. So you have mizmor litoda, the psalm of thanksgiving, and you have, hallelujah, hallelujah, nafshet Hashem, which is, praise the Kadosh Baruch Hu. If you, if you start with Nusach Ashkenaz, so you have, Incorporated Pesukah Zimra, Hodu Hashem Kirubi Shemo, and there too you have Hodu. That is, you have here the idea of Thanksgiving and the idea of Halel, because apparently the paradigm of doing both. When you say Halel, when you when you come across, you encounter God's greatness. It could be in history, which is what we do on Halel and the Yamim Tovim. It could be in nature, which we do every day. You know, it's the daily halal is the halal upon nature. So I can encounter God every day in nature, His glory. I can encounter encounter it on uh, special historical occasions. But both times, it triggers the need to both thank and praise Him. And therefore, halal incorporates both of these elements. Now, there are three halals in, um, in Halachar and Tefillah. One of them is the Hallel, what we call Hallel nowadays, which I said before is, you know, from uh, the and, and all that. The third Hallel is what we call Hallel Haggadol. You know, it's Perek Kuf Lamed Vav, 136, or uh, we, we say it in the Seder, and we say it every Shabbos, the Zimra. Right? Excuse me. Um, yeah, um, and so on and so forth. Now, if you look in Tilim uh, or in a Siddur for Shabbos morning, you'll find the two parallel chapters there. You have Kuf Lamed Hey, Kuf Lamed Vav. Kuf Lamed Vav is what I said a moment ago. It, it gives a whole litany of God's actions in Egypt and in the wilderness afterwards and uh, and so on. You have Kuflam and Hay. If you look at Kuflam and Hay, and if you get the shul early enough in Shabbos morning, you actually say both of them. It's almost a repeat. And Kuflam and Hay begins, uh, it's the same thing. Um, you basically, it's, it's almost a repeat. It's Kuflam and Vav, Kuflam and Hey are almost redundant. What's the difference? Why do you need both of them? You need both of them because one of them begins, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Shem Hashem, Hallelujah, Avdei Hashem. Whether it begins, let's praise God. With a pasuk which is very reminiscent of the other Hallel. Hallelujah, Lord Shem Hashem, Hallelujah, Dei Hashem. And the second one begins, Hodu Hashem Kitov, Kilam Chasdo. You have here, Kuflam Edei is parallel to Kuf Yud Gimel. Hallelujah, Lord Dei Hashem, Hallelujah, Shem Hashem. And here it's Hallelujah, Hallelujah, it's Shem Hashem. It's the exact same pasuk, just in reverse sequence. And Hodu Hashem Kitov, Kilam Chasdo is the exact same thing, verbatim. Hodu Hashem Kitov, 
And the reason for their petition, because once in the perspective of Thanksgiving, Hodashem Kitov, and once from the perspective of praise, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Shem Hashem. And therefore, you, so every time you encounter Hallel, every time you have a Hallel, you always have, together with it, this, this duality, both the Hodah and the Hallel. And therefore, the first and most basic thing to recognize about all of these Prakim of Tilim, which are incorporated into the Tefillah, is they repeat those, they are Hallels, and they repeat, in a sense, this, uh, this paradigm. The Hodah and the Hallel. Now, if you notice, on Pesach night, we say we don't say which is why as I said before there are many Rishonim who came to the conclusion that Pesach night the Thanksgiving is more central it's prioritized over the praise on the other hand if you look at Pesukei de Zimra the daily Pesukei de Zimra it's pretty clear that the Hallelujah is much more basic and much more central than the Mizmor the Todah. Mizmor the Todah has a four-line uh, chapter. Uh, the Hallelujah are much longer. And so what you really have over here is the reverse. When you talk about the daily Hallel, Hallel Shebechol Yom, you focus on praise. We talk about special, unique Hallel on special occasions. You prioritize the thanksgiving, but they always really go hand in hand. Now, what I said until now, it's first of all to point out the centrality of this paradigm, and to notice that Psuke de Zimra tried to incorporate the same idea of praise and thanksgiving, with praise at the focus. It also has a certain halachic uh, ramification, which I'll explain now briefly. If a person is running late, and he comes late to show, it was not invented in the 20th century and uh, not even the 19th century. The idea of coming late to shul is, goes back time immemorial. Uh, the Talmud Yerushalmi tells us that how can we say Geshem or Tal in Musaf and not in Shacharit? It would be more logical to say Geshem or Tal in Shacharit, not in, uh, not in Musaf. The Yerushalmi says, let kol taman. Not everybody is there yet. Uh, and we're talking about Yom Tov. Uh, and so... Uh, Mimele, the Shulchan Aruch, has a whole long discussion. If you're running late, Pesukah de Zimra, how do you play catch-up? And uh, the Shulchan Aruch gives a detailed list. Uh, first you say 145, meaning Ashrei. Then you say Kufnun, 150. Then 148. There's a whole list uh, how to go about uh, prioritizing when you're late. Uh, I personally now... In light, and, and the, basically, if I'll give you the, the rundown of the list, it goes like this. 145, 150, 148, then 149 and 147 more is equal. Uh, now, uh, based upon this, I would suggest it makes more sense to say one of these prakim, and not the same as Mother Toda. Because if I add, for instance, let's say I'm running a bit late, and I said 145 and 150, and now I add 148 and 147, I'm just adding quantity. But if I say Mizmoda Toda, I add a whole new perspective. Because by saying Mizmoda Toda, I'm basically introducing a whole new angle, which I think it, it's also short, of course. Um, so I, that's why I think it makes a lot of sense, to, no matter how late you are, to add also Mizmoda Toda because it, it, it really gives a whole new element which is always which is an integral part of Halil. Okay, now having seen this, let's try to get a bit uh, let's try to go into Psuket de Zimra a bit more. And we'll notice the following. <coughs> we say Kuf Mem Hey, Kuf Mem Vam, it's 145, 46, 7, 8, 9, 150. <coughs> now, if you look at these if we analyze these chapters, so we'll see there are two different motifs, or there are a bunch of them, but there are two main motifs running through these chapters. To illustrate this, I'll go back to what I said a moment ago. If you're running late, so ra- or, or ra- now, we prioritize, after Ashrei, we prioritize have 150, that's the concluding one, and then 148, which is, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hashem, Mina Shamaim, 
it's praise God in the heavens, uh, all the angels, all the heavenly bodies, etc., sun, the moon, uh, and so on and so forth. Why do we choose after these two? There's, I'll combine there are six. Why do we choose these two to prioritize over the other three? It was after we said Ashrei. The reason is it's rooted in, in a brief comment of Rashi. Rashi, in the same place in Masechet Shabbat, Kufyut Tet Amudbet, Rashi says, um, that's a very enigmatic Rashi. Here are six, I said, well, there are six. Ashrei and the other five. Rashi somehow chooses to spotlight two of them. Why are these Psuket de Zimra and the others are not Psuket de Zimra? Why did Rashi choose only these two? The reason we recommend using these, prioritizing these two is because of this Rashi. But why did Rashi do it? He doesn't say a word. He just tells us what's Psuket de Zimra. These two Mizamorim. So now we have to begin to analyze why does we have to now go back to Tanakh and ask ourselves why does Rashi think that these two are more important? And here comes a very interesting thing. <clears throat> if we if we take uh, let's begin looking now at you know, at the Prakim and Tehilim. Uh, <clears throat> okay, I'll, I'll take for instance Kuf Mem Vav one forty six. The first one after Ashrei. Ashrei will get back to soon. Um, I'm in the middle. Um, so he created the heaven and the earth. Who created the world, uh, the cosmos. Um, he does justice. He helps the downtrodden. He feeds hungry people. Basically, right, the Kolesh runs the world. He does chesed. He created the world. His providence now looks after the world. Uh, Shomerit Gerim, Yetovah Amona, and so on. I continue a bit. To Kufem Zayin, Bonei Yerushalayim Hashem. He builds, he builds Yerushalayim, Nidchei Yisrael. He brings together all the Jews back to Israel. Kibbutz Galuyot. Refrei Shvurei Leif. He helps people who are in distress. Mechabesh Asrotam. He heals their sorrows. And, and so on and so forth. Um, now, uh, if I compare this to the last one, Kufnun. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Kelbe Kodsho. Praise God in his sanctuary, whatever. Hallelujah, Kia Uzo, the heavens, Bigvurotav, his greatness and his glory, Kirov Gudlo. Hallelujah, praise him with the shofar, praise him with the navel, with the lyre and the harp, etc. Praise him with drums, with dance. Everyone should praise him. What's the big difference between the last one and the previous ones? One talks about content. He, what did he create? How does he run the world? And it's Kuf Mem Vav, Kuf Mem Zayin, talk about content. And they talk about how God created the world, and they, uh, how he runs the world, how he cares for Israel, and so on. Kuf Nun, is no content. It's simply a, it's, it's a rallying cry to praise. It just summons you to begin praising. There is no praise. There is no content. Why should I praise? It doesn't say. It just says, get together the whole orchestra and thank him. Or praise him. But for what? It doesn't say. If you look back to Kuf Memchet, again, same thing. Praise him from the, from the heavens, praise him. Bam Rumim, upstairs, uh, all the angels, all the heavenly bodies, Shemesh, Yerech, Kolkov, once we eat two deals, not with what you're praising him, but how you're praising him. Or it's telling you to praise with all your might, with all the assets you have, with all the accessories. It doesn't say though so much what to praise. The inescapable conclusion seems to be, surprisingly, 
or very surprisingly, Rashi thinks that the focus is not the actual content. It's rather simply, it's it's cheerleading. It's to encourage us to praise. Now, uh, this is, per se, very interesting. Uh, What's the meaning of a fitfilah? The meaning of a fitfilah is apparently the following. There was a discussion in Poskim, what is the main role of Tzuket de Zimra? Is Tzuket de Zimra an essential part of the tefillah? Is it an intrinsic part of davening? Tzuket de Zimra is supposed to be really, it's the introduction. It's a, it's a prelude to tefillah. Really, the real tefillah is only from after Baruch Hu. Compare, for instance, Shacharit Arvit. In Arvit, there's no Tzuket de Zimra. We start Baruch Hu, and then we say the Brachot of Kriyat Shema. In, uh, in the morning, we have the same thing. We have bar- if anybody's familiar with the practice in yeshivot, not yeshivot is there, but uh, in the classic yeshiva world, they often send the chazan only from yeshtabach, or from baruchu, really. So the zimmer say on your own, uh, you know, say, you know, say it, if you have, and we want to, you know, say it on your own, there's no, um, it's like come early to shul, and you know, and study dafiyomi, come early to shul and say, come early to shul and say, the zimra. No, the davening really begins only from Kriyat Shema and, the, and from Baruchu and onwards, and Psuki the zimra simply is, it's a promo really for, uh, for tefillah, or is it, now the problem begins the Gemara, the Gemara calls it Halel Shebechol Yom, Meaning, it is Halil. On the other hand, there's a second Gemara, which I didn't quote before. We should always praise God. Always praise God, and then Davin. Meaning that the praise is an introductory stage. The real Davening is only after you've done that. And there are the very simple question: a person came late, and he missed parts of Sugi the Zimra or even large parts, does he have to stay later on and uh, make it up? If it's, a, if it's tefillah inherently, he should. If it's simply introduction to tefillah, so once you've done the way, it's too late. You know, there's no point in, uh, in doing the, you can't do a pre-game show after the game is over. And you can't do a pre-tefillah at tefillah once tefillah has been over. But if it's inherently important, now, Rashi here seems to nudge just towards the direction that it's really introduction. Hallelujah. What we're saying is, rev up your engines, right? Hallelujah. And so on. In order, no, it's, he's not focusing upon the content of Hallel. He's simply telling you, uh, summon all your energy to be able to praise, which will happen when, presumably, when you start the real tefillah after Baruch Hu. So it certainly is a surprising uh, twist over here. Um, and this is, uh, excuse me, the similar interpretation of Rashi. I mentioned the Rav before. The Rav saw this. I mean, he doesn't mention this Rashi, but from the Rav's perspective, this fits into a much deeper uh, point. It's a point which is central, but it's not always easy to identify. Or, or it's like this. It's, it's also problematic. <laughs> the Rav was of the opinion and he repeats this in many different places, both hashkafically and halachically, that man just doesn't stand approach God. Now, the Kashbaruch is avinu malkeinu. You just don't walk into the White House and enter like that. There's a protocol. You need permission. And you need, you know, to gain access to the Kashbaruch it's, uh, it's not something which is taken for granted. Or to put it differently, in his, in his uh, worldview, you need a matir. You need a permit. Now, this is, on the one hand, it emphasizes, in a sense, if you want to, morale, fear, and awe of God, you know, the awe of God. Uh, it emphasizes how transcendental he is. It emphasizes that's not a trivial act to go and, you know, say, okay, you know, I need some gula, I need some parnasai, you know. Um, <clears throat> on the other hand, of course, it's also, you know, we, we, we also talk about Avinu, not only Malkeinu, you know, I think every one of us wants his child to come with free access. You don't want the child to be hesitant. You don't want the child to feel awkward or overwhelmed by uh, having to approach you. 
and uh, like what the Yushalmi in the Masechet Brachot talks about Tfilale Ani Kiyatov because Baruch was so accessible the Yushalmi says as follows Ki Adam Nichnas to Beit HaKneset Ve'omeid Mechrei Hamud you walk into Shul you stand next to the wall Umitpalel Ki Adam HaMesiach Be'ozen Chavero and you talk to Kosh Baruch like someone whispering in his best friend's ear so that's a whole different approach. The approach that Kashmir was accessible, and the Rav thought that uh, he really view, viewed this as a uh, as problematic. My father once said to me when I was young, I was extremely impressed by you know, the by the scope of the idea. When I got older, I was a bit disillusioned because I was I was not too uh, because really the distance it creates between man and God, and we want to, I think we do want to emphasize the nearness. But in the Rav's world, the idea of the Zimra is to gain the access. It's to allow you to approach Kaddish Baruch Hu, and therefore you emphasize, what do you do? You really emphasize those chapters which say that's legitimate to speak to Kaddish Baruch Hu. So you say, Halu David HaMelech is telling me in Ruach HaKodesh that I can access to Kaddish Baruch Hu, I go speak to him. So David HaMelech really is giving me the permit. <coughs> and from... Uh, the rest respect, that's crucial. He, he focused upon the Pasuk in the beginning. Generation upon generation, they praise you. Meaning, it's not me, the petty, trivial person standing in front of you. It's been done forever by the prophets. Amish has been doing this forever. And I'm simply, it's not my chutzpah. I'm relying upon previous generations and the legitimacy that they granted. Anyway, the way Rashi builds Pesukah the Zimra, they focus not so much upon the actual content, more upon the act of praising. In, uh, and that's why, in, at least in the way Rashi views it, we prioritize 148, 150 over the others, which do deal with the content. Now this brings it to Ashrei. Everybody agrees that Ashrei is the most central uh, part of Pesukah the Zimra. <coughs> Why is this so? So the Gemara focuses upon the fact that it's said in ABC. Notice that you have the whole Aleph Beit, except for Nun, you have the whole Aleph, and you have the whole Aleph Beit over there. But, and uh, it seems to me, though, there's a side to that end also, you have Potechet Yedechem, Mosbirchol Chayretzon. What's the idea of the Aleph Beit? The idea of the Aleph Beit, uh, and this I did hear from the Rav, um, the, the idea of the Aleph Beit, is all-encompassing. And on one level, I can't praise God. God is too great to be praised by everything. So I take a representative from each letter. And I want to show that really I should praise Him forever and forever, but I lack the ability to do that. So I take from every, uh, every letter of the ABC, I take the alphabet, I take one, uh, one phrase. I guess to show that basically we should be focusing, you know, we should be praising him, uh, but too much praise is uh, problematic. So we do it representatively. Um, it also, if you want, it also shows that I, I use that language allows me, as I said before, Dodo Shabach Maasecha. And now, the, what's Potechet Yadecha? And which is the other point, and the God, what seems to me, and uh, I'll say the following Ashrei combines both worlds of the rest of Sugi the Zimra. Now, you have, I said before, 148, 150 discuss the need to praise, the act of praising. 146, 7, and 9 actually have the content of the praise. Ashrei combines both. If Ashrei, the first half of it, focuses mostly upon the need to praise. The second half discusses more the content. Kosh supports uh, people who are in need of support. He, uh, he gives us parnasa. He gives us food. So basically the first half discusses the idea of praising. The second half discusses what I'm praising about. So Ashrei is the best of both worlds. And it combines both, both elements. And therefore Ashrei is the most basic as the reason why it is prioritized upon all others. <coughs> okay, this is uh, in a nutshell, there's more to be said, of course, but uh, at the moment, uh, this is the basic idea by Pesuket Zimra. You take Prokifam Tehillim and you have to do two things. You, you want both praise and thanksgiving. You also want to discuss the act of praising. 
And by the way, Thanksgiving, I think, is less so. And Thanksgiving, you obviously should thank the Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's a basic, uh, that's so basic, I don't need someone to come and say to me it's, it's permissible. The act of praising, though, is indeed more problematic, and therefore we do summon David HaMelech and Tehillim to, to allow us to do this. And then we have some prakim, which are the actual content, and they are really an extension of the tefillah itself. Like, if I was asked to say, is Pesuket Zimra an extension of tefillah, or simply some introduction, or, or pre-tefillah beginning, I think... Those of content are an extension. Those which talk about summoning ourselves to praise are not an extension. They're simply, they are the introduction to tefillah. So before, that's why Ashrei, which combines both, is probably the best. <coughs> and that's why we do repeat Ashrei a second time later on also. <coughs> now let's move on for uh, the time we have left to Kabbalat Shabbat. <coughs> Kabbalat Shabbat is another example of uh, a whole unit of uh, Tehillim inserted into tefillah. So it's true that Kabbalat Shabbat is a much later development. Uh, and basically in Tzfat, the 16th century Tzfat, Kabbalat Shabbat, be, as we know it, became part of the tefillah. But nevertheless, it's already 500 years and it's certainly deserving uh, of our attention. Let's, uh, first of all, let's just ask, what is it out to achieve? Or if you want, why is, what, what does it have to do with Shabbat? Why is Kabbalat Shabbat and I'm speaking now not about Mizmor Shilema Shabbat. Whatever, there it says, Mizmor Shilema Shabbat. But that, by the way, was, that was a part of, that was Kabbat Shabbat even before. I think now about what we call Kabbat Shabbat, apart from the until the Chadodi. What's the idea about Kabbat Shabbat? And why do these chapters have to do with Shabbat at all? And so number one, I'd say, I begin with the following statement. If you think for a moment about Chadodi, Chadodi is not, of course, Tanakh. It was written in the 16th century. The Chadodi emphasizes Shabbat, that when Shabbat begins, you enter into intimacy with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Chadodi, Likrat Kala, Shabbat, you say, Boy Kala, Boy Kala. It emphasizes Shabbat as an intimate time in which man and God meet, or Am Yisrael, the Kaddish Baruch Hu meet. Right, Shabbat is a breed between Amisa and the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Right? We say that in Bishamu every, uh, every Shabbat. And um, we emphasize there really the connection between us and the Kadosh Baruch Hu. And, and, the, and to the exclusion of Goyim. Now, however, what is Kabbalat Shabbat? I think Kabbalat Shabbat seems to me it's not the Shabbat itself, it's rather the point of transition the week from the six days of creation to Shabbat. Six days of creation are concluded Friday late afternoon, or Ben HaShemashot, right, the twilight of Friday. And basically we have here six prakim, which deal with the glory and greatness of creation. It doesn't deal with Shabbat. It is not, it is not Shabbat. We want, before you enter Shabbat, before you leave the world behind, you enter into this intimate chamber of time, to me and Kadosh Baruch Hu, and you leave, you, you, you lock, and what Shabbat really is like entering into a private chamber, you lock the door behind you, and you leave the world outside. You, you leave the, at, at the doorstep of Shabbat, you leave uh, all your business, all your, all, all your pursuits of the whole week, and you enter in this time capsule, in this intimate uh, chamber in which the world around you disappears. <coughs> but before you do that, we want you... <coughs> To spend a few moments reflecting upon six days of creation and to man's position within the cosmos. And Luchun Aranda, to a large degree, tells man, yes, God chose man. Man was created with Selim Elohim. Man was given a mandate to develop the world. Man is a great creature and you know, he rules the world uh, and so on and so forth. And Tilim and Perikhet says, right. The man is, uh, you know, a little, you know, he's, a, he's godlike, just, you know, he's not quite there. But we also have the opposite perspective in that same chapter in Perikhet, uh, which is how trivial and small and weak man is relative to cosmos and, of course, 
to the Creator. How he's a Yeshayahu will talk about being a drop in a bucket, and uh, we said, and of course we say in uh, Yom Kippur, Kechalom Yauv, Ketzitz Poreach, right? A uh, speck of dust, uh, a fleeting dream. Um, this is the perspective I think about Shabbat. What Shabbat says before you enter Shabbat and before you have this rendezvous, the Kadosh Baruch Hu, which emphasizes a Jew's unique uh, position in the world, a little hum, a little humility, a little anava, a little remember exactly how small and petty and, and trivial you are. Look at the look at the world around you, and you, you stand in front of the Alps uh, or the Himalayas or the or the Pacific Ocean, recognize how small you are, how meaningless you are. It's essential to always have this double perspective and never to forget that, you know, like Chazal, Chazal put it very bluntly, Yatush Kadamach. A mosquito was, born, was created before man. And uh, never forget that there's no way of knowing, and the Rambam emphasizes this in the Word of Uchim, there's no way of knowing whether men or mosquitoes are more central to creation. Uh, always have this perspective that you know, men should not feel too great, and this duality, this dialectic is constantly within the sources. And Kabbat Shabbat is basically, A, to describe the greatness of creation, I think B, to also have a little sense of perspective of who we are, um, and before, anyway, it, it's really, to put it differently, Kabbalah Shabbat is looking backwards at the week and at creation, and it doesn't, it doesn't about Shabbat, it really is, at the transition point, it's a retrospective about the six days. This, is, this also explains, by the way, a halachic point, which I found perplexing until I recognized this. And if a, when does Shabbat begin, halachically? <laughs> When does the tzibur, you know, when do we accept Shabbat? Or when, do we have, when do we kabel Shabbat uh, halachically? So it says, Mizmor Shilma Shabbat, or we say, Boi Kala, Boi Kala. Right? If you have an oval in Shul, so the oval enters into Shul, Mizmor Shilma Shabbat. Why not Lechuniranima? Makes much more sense. The reason that it says in the classical source, Mizmor Shilma Shabbat, because they didn't have Lechuniranima. But once we introduced the Chunaranina in the 16th century, we should have updated the halachot that Shabbos begins the Chunaranina. But nevertheless, if you look at all the if you look at all the halachic works, it still remains Shabbos enters Mizmoshir, not the Chunaranina. This has often uh, has ramifications for Avelus, Nidar occasionally has uh, significance. Uh, and so on. Why? So why did we not? You know, basically, we begin Shabbos with Chunaranina. I think if, if you take into account what I said a moment ago, it's not so. Shabbos remains the Chadodi Mizmoshir. Lichuniranina is simply, as I said before, it's really reflecting upon creation. Shabbos hasn't entered yet. You're still looking backwards at what happened the previous six days, and therefore you haven't arrived at Shabbat yet. You arrive at Shabbat only when you're indeed, and the Chadodi will invite Shabbat, and Boy Kala, Mizmoshir Shabbat, she will actually arrive. And so therefore, Halachically, we continue to view Shabbat as uh, entering in Luchud, at, at the end of Chadodi, even though uh, we bring Kabbat Shabbat Now, briefly, let's say, describe the structure of, of these prakim. So, first, we have the same question: Do they deal with praise or thanksgiving? <coughs> to uh, here now, just to be brief, uh, because the time constraint, notice something very interesting. We begin with Chunaranina, and uh, it sounds, in a sense, like. <coughs> so let's, let's, let's look at the Pasuk for a second. Uh, it's begin, beginning of 95, Tzadikei. Let's sing out to God. Uh, she doesn't say too much yet. We will thank him. It sounds like it's more On the other hand, the more you delve into the prakim, they sound much more like halel. They emphasize much more the glory of the Kadosh Baruch Hu, much less what he's doing for us. Once more, it's a judgment call, and I don't... Uh, but uh, it seems, broadly speaking, there's more halal. So that's something fascinating, which is, how do we conclude? <coughs> Meaning, um, 
we, right, if you remember Kabbat Shabbat, we say Ruchun Ranana, etc. 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. 99 is Hashem Malachi Gizu Amim. And then what? 29. Meaning, If though you go to a Shuvah Dota Mizrach, so instead of 29, you get after 99 comes 100, which is Mizmodi Toda. In other words, if you go to Edot Mizrach, so the Minhag is to say, and then you conclude not with Mizmor the David, you conclude with Mizmor le Toda, etc. If you look in Dat Mikran, Mos Hacham's Perush of Tilim over there, he points out the various parallelisms between Mikamafa bit Toda, Bismirot Nerialo. Basically, the frame, it's another good example of a frame in Tehillim. You have the beginning caption, you have the concluding statement, and uh, they create a nice frame. To put it differently, there's a lot of sense in actually viewing Kabbat Shabbat as a unit which begins with and concludes with etc. And the Minhag Mirotam Mizrach is quite convincing. However, the upshot of it is is that you basically color these Mizmorim with as Thanksgiving. What? Why do Minhag Ashkenaz do it differently? I assume because Minhag Ashkenaz wants not to view it as thanksgiving, but as praise. Mizmor le David, Perkhaftet, is a prime example of praising God for the greatness of the universe. It's not so much, it's not a Mizmor of Toda, it's a Mizmor of Halel. You talk about his glory, his greatness, uh, how he uh, rules creation. It's, 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 it's the omnipotence of the Kosh Baruch, which is so... Uh, Developed over there, not necessarily that he's that we thank him for what he did to us. So the two minhagim, whether you conclude with mizmor kuf, mizmor de toda, or whether you conclude with mizmor de david, they basically color all of Kabbat Shabbat in somewhat of a different light. Now, telegraphically already, uh, what else is going on? So if you notice, and it's very clear to see this from the captions, um, basically it divides into two sections. Shur Hashem, after we have, putting aside the opening one, I'm now going into Tzadik Vav, Tzadik Zayin, Tzadik Chet, Tzadik Tet, 96-99. You have Shur Hashem, Shir Chadash, Hashem Lach Tagel Haaretz, that's one group, and that repeats itself. Shur Mizmor, Shur Hashem, Shir Chadash, Kini Flot Hashem Lach Gizu Amin, so you have Divided basically into group, two groups. The first group begins, Shir Hashem Shir Chadash, Hashem Malach. And the second group repeats it. Mizmor Shir Hashem Shir Chadash, Hashem Malach. And so it's quite clear that 96, 97 are one group, 98, 99, the parallel. As you would say, each one begins with Shir Hashem Shir Chadash, each one continues with Hashem Malach. And... Uh, and what is the, what's basically the point over there? Um, now, the point is as follows. Each one begins with a creation. And the second is more deals with not creation, how the world is run afterwards. In other words, first you create the world and you praise God for creating the world. Then you set into motion and you talk about how he, how he rules the world. In other words, if you want Bria and Hashgacha, how he creates the world, how he then rules the world. Uh, why do you need, though, a devil cycle? So it seems to me, what I'm saying now is a generalization. I don't claim it fits into every pasuk. But as a generalization, you have in the first one, the first two, in other Tzadik Vav, Tzadik Zayin, there's much more harmony, they're harmonious. And Tzadik Chet, Tzadik Ted is conflict. Or to put it differently, in the first two we talk about mankind in general. Jews and Goyim are, are more or less classified the same. There's very little, uh, there's very little tension with the Goyim. There's one pasuk over there. Pasuk says, um, They should be embarrassed, but it's not a war or a battle. You're not trying to defeat them. It's pointing out that they should be embarrassed that they that, that they worship uh, idols. But essentially, there we talk, we talk here about how. Kashbrach, the universal view of the world, how Kashbrach rules the entire world, his greatness, 
everyone from the from that, from when I said in the beginning of how trivial like, that you're a speck of dust, doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a guy, everyone's a speck of dust relative to the, God's transcendental greatness. And so in that regard, these Mizmorim just talk about how great he is and we lost everyone together. Sadiq Chet Sadiq Ted is because Baruch Hu said, okay, Israel. And you can see very, it's very clear from the look at Sadiq Zayin, Hashem Malach Tagel Haaretz, because Baruch Hu the world, everyone rejoices, because everyone here, it's all mankind's universal perspective. In Sadiq Ted, Hashem Malach, you gizu amim. The Goyim are angry and upset and how to do battle. And the reason is because Sadiq Ched and Sadiq Ted talk about Zachar Chasdov and Matol Beit Yisrael, because Baruch Hu remains faithful and loyal to Am Yisrael, and the Goyim are angry and out to battle, Yirgizu Amim. On the other hand, Sadiq Vav and Sadiq Zayin, they just talk about his glory in general, and all mankind is lumped together. So you have this double cycle, and like two times two, one to talk about how he runs the world from the universal perspective of the Creator, and the other one is really Hashem Lekei Yisrael, has to cre- and, de- and therefore you get a different perspective. Talk, there's more to talk about Tfilah and Tilim, but we'll have some other time. So that's a lot of...